Hello, I'm Victoria. And I'm Johnny. Welcome to Tasty Pages. A podcast for people who love cookbooks, food, and cooking. Each week, we'll discuss a featured cookbook from our popular Cooking the Books Instagram page. We'll also discuss the dishes that we made and rank the book in a variety of categories. Including food photography and styling, degree of difficulty, and of course, taste. The conversation is always unscripted, unedited, and uncensored. Spoiler alert, Victoria likes to swear. (laughs) All of this takes place in our living room in the heart of Minneapolis. Oh yeah, we also have a featured show topic with contributions from our listeners, and we end each episode with a lame food-related joke. Usually very lame. Hey now. (laughs) Join Join us for for Tasty Tasty Pages. Our top five of 2022. Hey, Johnny. Hey, Victoria. (laughs) Been a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what have you been up to? (laughs) You know, life. Man. Yeah, it's, it has been. Uh, I think it's about a month since oh, our last we're so I know. bad. We're not, so bad. Not very consistent. No. And I know that's kind of key into building up this juggernaut of a podcast that we have. Well, so so we're back on track. We are on track. But you know, we, we, had we a lot promise going on. we did have a lot going on. We've both been sick. Yep. We both got sick around like the 13th of December. You were you, over it. You had polio oh, and I my had God. scurvy. <laughs> <laughs> you got over yours in a few days, but for not, the most not part, without getting you sick before first. Yes, <laughs> and then I was sick for like three weeks. It's because we were making out. <laughs> <laughs> but it's weird because mine turned into mine morphed from like a fluish type thing. And yes, we did test ourselves to make sure that we were negative for yep. COVID. But yeah, then I got some this- other. Uh, virus that will be taking over the world soon i don't know what it was but i had like this weird sinus thing cough and it appears that i have woken up again with it today and you are also battling the same kind of thing so we just we can't get well well Welcome to episode 89 of Virus Talk. <laughs> I know, as we like drone on. It's like just talking about the weather for 25 minutes. How boring. Sorry, guys. We've, we've got a riveting episode here. But before we do that, let's get a few housekeeping things out of the way. If you go to our website, which is wecookbooks.com, you'll see a store tab. That will direct you to our amazon.com affiliate page. I've actually been like adding things here and there. Like nothing, you know, no large assortment of things added but there's there's some fresh stuff in there good job babe so if people are looking for uh some gift ideas maybe a little thing for yourself there's plenty to choose from treat yourself yes and uh if you do that we'll get a little something in return it won't cost you anything more it's the best way that you can support the the hard work we're doing here with our monthly podcast <laughs> <laughs> I promise we're going to get back on track. And what it, what it will mean is we're probably going to have to skip past several books. We're just going to so, get like our next podcast. We're just going to do the thing that we just finished right. up. So we apologize. If, you guys if you are going to. If you were anxiously awaiting featuring a, a particular book from the last few months. You're not going to get it. Probably not. Sorry to disappoint you. Yes. Well, before we jump into uh, our topic... What are we drinking? What are you drinking? I am drinking a ginger turmeric tea. Ooh, fancy. What are you drinking, sir? I am drinking a shrub with, uh, it's a blackberry 
And what was the other? Lavender. Lavender. God, you have the worst memory. Was it lavender? <laughs> yes. No, it wasn't lavender. I was, was going to say worst memory. <laughs> it was time. Yes. Thank you. Because I was like, <laughs> I don't remember buying any lavender. Uh, yeah, we're, we're in the middle of a, a dry January kind of coming out of it. We haven't been like nutty about it because there have been a few times when we've imbibed. But for the most part, dry January. I imbibed last night. I went yeah. and saw Ani DeFranco with my BFF. Your 25-year-old self was probably uh, oh my just over the moon. It was ki- it felt kind of surreal, actually. And it, like the the audience was made of mostly people my age or older. There were a few a few dudes there. Uh huh. She played a lot of new stuff. So it was kind of the opposite of my experience when I went to the heavy metal thrash concert (laughs) and it was all dudes (laughs) and I could probably count the amount of women on one hand. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure the vibe at this one was a lot more like subdued (laughs) and gentle and loving, (laughs) but it was a good show. Had a couple drinks, um, got to hang out with my best friend, you know, so Re- relive your your early 20s yes nice i i sat at home and uh worked on your birthday present because your birthday's coming up oh, my birthday by the time this episode airs you will be celebrating another trip around the sun wait what's the day today uh 27th i believe okay. oh so you're gonna take 26th? three days to edit this no just kidding yeah <laughs> I, I, I got i got other stuff going on yeah. i got other irons and fire oh we finished our catering gig since the last episode um that was a thing that was a wild ride it really was because we got sick like the second day yeah Couple people got sick because of us, but after the first one got sick, we're like, yeah, we don't hold any responsibility for that because you guys are walking around not wearing masks and oh, stuff. Oh, and I should reveal because I don't think I was... I don't know if we can. I, you don't think? I don't they're, know. They're not there now. I, th- I think we're fine saying who the band was because they've posted stuff from the studio and stuff. Oh, okay. I, th- I think it was just more like they didn't want to disclose their location because you might had someone like... Peeking in the peeking in the drapes or something, <laughs> some super fan. Okay. So uh, the the band was called Need to Breathe, and they were recording some new material at Pachyderm Studios, mm-hmm. and we were tasked with uh, catering their session, which lasted ten days. Mm-hmm. It was for ten people. There was a few days when there was an eleventh person there, and we basically did breakfast, lunch, dinner, and a variety of like snacks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Our, basically, our task was. To have them not die of starvation. Yes. And also... While it, they were there. Well, and this... this uh, The studio was like 40-ish, 45 minutes away. Yes. However, some nights it took over an hour to get there because the weather was shit-hey. Yeah. That's the thing about, you know, Minnesota in December is you just... You have that wild card being the weather that you just can't anticipate and so when we booked this gig, we were just crassing our fingers, hoping for good weather. And for the most part, I guess it was okay. But there was definitely a few days when it was like bitterly cold, like sub-zero temperatures. Mm-hmm. There were a, another couple times when we did get some snow accumulation. Which is so, very scary when you're driving on yeah. like back roads with no light. And a Prius. In a Prius. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> Which is like a go-kart. If, if it were like a pickup or an SUV, it'd be a different story. But, ooh, talk about white knuckle. I'd have been going off-road. Oh, my God. No, but no. uh, yeah, I was kind of white knuckling it there at about, you know, 30 miles an hour or some days. Well, and then it got, we got, the session got cut short by a day because they were expecting, or like Minnesota was expecting a very big, large snowstorm. Which did not disappoint. It did not it was, disappoint. It was pretty bad that day, so and I'm I, glad we did not have to drive to the studio that day. But I have a feeling that a lot of people got stuck at the airport trying you to get right. out. So... But it, it was a wild ride. It was everyone was very nice, Absolutely. very friendly. There was some weird dietary restrictions that were often competing with each other that we had to contend with. But I thought overall, we made it work. We made it work. They People enjoyed the seemed food. Really thrilled with the food we served. I know it was good because okay. I tasted everything. So yeah, yeah, mission accomplished. Go us. Uh, would I do it again in December? Probably not. No. It, it kind of had the effect of killing any Christmas cheer and spirit that I had because we were just like putting our head down and grinding Working, for like yeah. 10 days. Mm-hmm. I mean, the typical day would involve us getting up, maybe squeezing in a little like gym routine. That was like if the we, first couple days yeah, like and then we, we just the like... Then we both got sick. Mm-hmm. So we weren't really, you know, fit for working out during those days. Yeah. We're sitting there cooking with our masks yeah. on. Which and so we were just like stinks. cranking stuff out throughout the day, doing as much prep as we can so that when we arrived, all we had to do was just, you know, kind of finish things off and serve it. Mm-hmm. So the the amount of time we were on site was minimal for the most part, but it was still, you know, a good 12, 14 hour a day by the time we got back home. Yeah. So fun adventures with Johnny mm-hmm. and Victoria. Oh, we watched the menu. We did. Um, you want to talk about that? Or I, have you been like following any like online forums? Because I know no, there's all not kinds really. of like fan pages, you know, taking a deep dive into the movie. That kind of shit bothers offering me. I don't know spe- why. Some speculation on what happened. Um, I guess I don't want to spoil it because it's still a fairly new movie. So I just have to say parts of it made me like deeply uncomfortable and cringe. But I'm... That was a desired effect. Right. Like, uh, you know, just like, ugh. And if you're a foodie, if you have worked in restaurants, there's probably a lot to to love about it, much like the bear on Hulu. I hate the term foodie. Can I just say that? I, I do too. That's not how I would describe myself. I'm a foodie. Ugh. I love food. Oh, good for you. <laughs> well, I mean, most people do. <laughs> it keeps uh, us alive. Another interesting thing that we watched was the Charlie Trotter documentary, mm-hmm. famous Chicago chef that uh, launched the careers of a lot of people. Yes, he did. Uh, was kind of at the forefront of like fine dining in America. He he was like the f- one of the first people to do like a degustation menu, mm-hmm. and um, also he was like one of the first person to do a vegetarian. Tasting Correct. menu too. So he had his demons. He was had known kind of a, a, a tragic ending. He was but known to be not super nice in the kitchen, and I don't know how. I, I think he was very demanding, and and could be, uh, for lack of a better word, like a real dick to someone if he decided he didn't like you, or if he thought that you had somehow. Uh, crossed him in oh, some way. Oh, and he way, would try to blackball you, you yes. from jobs. Like, that's so shitty. But anyway, he was very good at what he did. He did a lot for charity. He had kind of like a very sad ending. Right. 
but it was a it was a very interesting interesting documentary and it was kind of you know and like a little bit nostalgic for us because that, that you know because we were living in Chicago at that time mm-hmm. and it was such a such a you know like huge thing and then all these other offshoots his, his like, reputation loomed large yes in the and city. then all these other fantastic restaurants that opened from people that came from working from him yeah so, and they kind of eclipsed what he was doing and and I'm sure there was a lot of contributing factors, but the the result was, you know, eventually that restaurant did close mm-hmm. and he kind of moved on to other things in his life. And, and a lot of these people that had, you know, got their start working for him were kind of like the new superstars. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, interesting watch. How do you feel about s'mores? Oh, Overrated? Awesome? Well, um... This is totally random. It's, I was just thinking about s'mores. It's super random. Um, I think it's maybe because of the menu. There's, I, a, there's a s'mores I reference in there. Can't. Well, obviously, I cannot eat them anymore. Right. Although they have gluten-free graham crackers. I've seen them. Yeah, but I feel like they'd probably be bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Look at me. I'm like, yeah, More they're bullshit. More bullshit than regular s'mores. Because um, I'm, I'm kind of in the bullshit camp well, when it comes to s'mores. And here's the thing. I think like the standard for s'mores is like... People will burn their fucking marshmallow, which grosses me out. I hate burnt marshmallow. Like the black ones? Yes. The okay. smell of it grosses me out. And then everyone seems to use gross Hershey's chocolate. Yep. And I think like the Hershey's chocolate bars are icky because they're sour. Yeah. Well, here, here's the thing. I like the flavors of s'mores. So I guess if you could do... Something featuring those flavors, maybe a cocktail, s'mores cocktail would be good or something. Just, I'm just thinking, I'm just whiteboarding. Gross. You, oh, here, here we go. Okay. Uh, do uh, wait, I got oh, your, yeah. I got your cocktail. Isn't there like a marshmallow vodka? There is a marshmallow vodka. There is a chocolate. Well, you could do a marshmallow vodka uh-huh. with a chocolate liqueur. And then dust the rim. With graham cracker. Oh. I'm we, sure it's already been done. Yeah, probably. Here we are like riffing, thinking we're inventing something. And someone's like, yeah, we've been serving that at this fancy bar. for Marshmallow vodka. That's, that is just like an abomination. Same with like Swedish fish vodka or whipped cream vodka. Like, I, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I was just randomly thinking about s'mores and how like it's, it's kind of so associated with Americana and... Uh, campfires and outdoor activities and and it just to me it's just kind of like it's it's always like underwhelming any any time I've been in a position where I've been able to have a, a you know a s'mores or make them or something well, and I'm just they're messy like, eh. yeah they're messy and you end up burning your mouth on on molten lava um yeah marshmallows and I th- and I think it's just reminds me of like sticky kids yeah gross yeah Okay, this oh. meeting is adjourned. <laughs> oh, wait, I was oh, yeah. going to bring up another thing that we're watching. Sorry, we are just like babbling. We have a lot we're, to say. We're, we're, uh, we're filling in some time, <laughs> so this isn't a 20-minute episode. Um, <laughs> so we've been watching this show called Bake Squad. Season two on Season Netflix. two, it's on Netflix. It's uh, hosted by Christina Tosi of Milk Bar fame. Um, and actually, I am right in the middle of working through her latest book and basically the premise is of it is is there's are there four different yeah there's four different bakers and they all have a different specialty like someone does chocolate someone does sugar someone's in 
cake and then I think someone does like pastry dessert type stuff. Mm-hmm. And the premise is that someone is hosting an event and so they want like a great showstopper piece, whether it be cake or a chocolate piece. And so everybody competes against each other, but they all kind of work together. It's very friendly competition. It super is. And there's like no cash prize. So people are not like stabbing each other in the back. It's they just want to make this event special for right. for and whoever is having it. Ultimately, the client gets to choose mm-hmm. the winner and they're the one that kind of benefits from them from this the most. Yeah. And so I don't think even the people that aren't chosen, there's there's no like animosity or, you know, like everyone's kind of doing their best. It I think I told you this the other night. It, it kind of shares more in common, in my opinion, with like Queer Eye than with any kind of like competitive cooking shows. Yeah. Because it's like you've got these four very distinct personalities. Mm-hmm. uh that are kind of the constant on the show. And then they're doing something nice for someone. It's usually someone that's very deserving. They're, they're doing something for like a relative or a friend or a spouse or partner, you know, whatever. And good vibes all around. Yeah. And, and so if you're looking for like a feel good cooking show with no drama or anything. And some of the stuff they make is really amazing. Like there was a, a life size piano made out of chocolate. Yeah. What the hell? I, I won't be it's, whipping that up anytime a, nope. soon. I don't think we have the counter space. No, we do not. <laughs> All right. Uh, before we jump into our topic, uh, you want to talk about what we just finished up? Uh, yeah. This is actually a book that we had in our collection. From 2011. 2000. It's, it's, we, we hopped in the way back machine. It's an oldie. Uh, it's called Family Meal, Home Cooking with Farron Adria. So when we moved about a year and a half ago from Chicago to Minneapolis, we did a really large cookbook purge because we knew we would have limited space and we just frankly didn't want to move all those books. And this was one that as we were going through, I kind of gave it a little cursory page through because we had had it for quite some time. And I actually was like, I'm going to hold on to this because this book looks like something fun. I, I like the format of it. And this is something we'll probably talk about in an upcoming episode. But it's if, you, if you're the type that visually wants to see kind of step-by-step picture tutorial, this is the cookbook to have. Because that's, that's pretty much what it is, is just like full pictorials of all the dishes step-by-step. Yes. But overall, I have very mixed feelings about the book. Okay, so well, that's we'll, fair. We'll that, talk be, about that. Yeah, but that's what we just finished up. And then we've just, uh, as of tonight, uh, talk about mixed feelings. <laughs> Here's another one for you, Victoria. Is, I, like, I just, I'm getting salty just even thinking about it, but... It's going to be awesome. I know, we haven't even made anything from it but okay so it's fake meat by isa chandra moskowitz we've done like two of her books before i think vegan vegan but i get pissed off when we have to go to three different stores to try and source ingredients true and there's a lot of stuff in there that i cannot eat because it uses like essential wheat gluten yeah is that what it is yeah strangely for something that's you know vegan then it 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 I would say half the recipes feature like gluten products. Yeah. Well, because you're making seitan and yeah, stuff. And yeah. I mean, we've made seitan before and it is like wheat, like 
we right. face. So there, there's a huge chunk of stuff in there that I cannot eat. And, we, and we've talked before about how we kind of loathe any like vegan items that are trying to be something else. Vegan cheese. I'm looking at you. Vegan um, bacon. Right. Rather, As I was paging through this book, because I think I was the one that kind of proposed working through it. Rather than be bothered by it, I I chose to just embrace it and just be like, hey, we're going to like make a few of these things, see how it goes. I'll keep an open mind. These things probably have a purpose for some people that are looking to replace, you know, some beloved ingredient. I think it's kind of silly to like try and make, I'd I'd rather just eat vegan dishes that happen to be vegan and they're not trying to be a substitute for something, but that's just my own opinion. There's an egg sandwich, a vegan, a vegan like breakfast sandwich. Mm -hmm. You have to make the egg white. The egg yolk. It's just so... I might be doing that. Mm. We'll see how ambitious I'm feeling. It's all you. (laughs) Because I'm like, right now, I'm just kind of like... I will embrace the challenge. Challenge accepted. I was getting so pissed off when we were grocery shopping this morning. And I was just stewing. I was just like, I'm I'm good. And I know that that we usually, like, we don't... We make it a point not to, like talk bad about books so this is just my first impression who knows maybe it can be great but like this book was making me really salty and i'm just like i'm just like you get to do it all <laughs> i'll I, shoot I it gladly you do cook it. it that brings us into what's for dinner tonight yes uh scallop drunken noodles from fake meat hold on to your hats to see what the scallops consist of it's much because it's not really scallops it's it's mushroom. All right. Before we discuss our top five cookbooks of 2022, I wanted to uh, share our listener question. We didn't get a ton of responses, but that's okay because I can I can talk about my favorites for mm-hmm. for a while. We put this out to listeners: favorite condiments or dressings or toppings or whatever you want to call it, the things that you always keep on hand and reach for frequently. And we got uh, a few responses. You want to start with the first one? Chris M. said green chili salsa. Sure. I can I can get behind that. Uh, David A. said sh- sriracha or perfectly mixed dumpling sauce. And then he had an ingredient list here, which I guess constitutes his perfectly mixed dumpling sauce. And it's scallions, soy sauce, rice wine vinegar, chili paste, and maybe a nip of honey. <laughs> a nip of honey. It's a technical term. <laughs> What is that like? A, a glug a, of olive oil? Yeah, like a, a nip. Is that like half a teaspoon? Quarter teaspoon, you think? Maybe just like a, you know, like how when you squeeze it, it goes. Well, that, that seems like too much. That's more than a nip. That's a glug of honey. All right. Uh, what did you have for your picks? You go first. Um... Just off the top of my head, I think uh, Marie Sharp's hot sauce, which we've talked about before, um, is something we always keep on hand and we put it on everything, whether it's eggs, pizza, my bullshit lunches that I make. Mm-hmm. It has the ability to just, you know, make everything taste better. A little bit better. Um, I'm a big fan of chili crisp. Yep. So we, we normally have that. I think those are the couple things. We, we usually have Dijon mustard on hand because that's helpful for going in like different dressings and sauces. 
Um, what'd you have? Uh, I said Marie Sharps. Yep. Two. A little bit spicy, nice and smoky, a little bit sweet. It's perfection for me. Um, I don't think I've had a better hot sauce. So I encourage everyone to seek it out. I think you have to order it. I've never seen it in a store. You can you can go to their website. Oh, no. We saw it at the state fair this year, and we had just ordered some. We had just gotten like three bottles, and then we were at the state fair. I would just order direct, because that way you're supporting them yes. directly. Um, I believe they're in Belize. Is that right? I do not know. Okay. Somewhere in the Caribbean. But yeah, so Marie Sharp's the way to go. Yes. Smoked habanero. That's yes. the that's the flavor we go for. Blue cheese dressing, but I'm not like one of those, you know how people will put like fucking ranch on everything, like pizza and that. Yeah. I'm I don't do that, but like I like a good blue cheese dressing. And you you you're a big salad eater, so Yes. So it makes sense that you I, keep that on hand. Like probably 3 or 4 days a week I out of the out of the week I will have a giant salad in a bowl for lunch. Impressive. And the blue cheese dressing is my jam, but I I go with like the yogurt version rather than the regular version, which is calorie laden that's where you that's where you get most that's where you get a lot of calories is from the dressing i think people don't really think about that not that i count calories or anything but if i can have a little less that's great that then that makes room for the um (laughs) the loaded whole milk latte with whipped cream and a brownie on top uh, baby, we ain't doing whole milk. We're doing brevets with heavy cream, okay? There you go. That's so gross. I remember working in coffee shops and people would like come in and order a large brevet. Like a 2,000 calorie drink. I'm just like, what the? And, ugh. Um, all right. It's that time you've been waiting for. Victoria and Johnny's top five picks of 2022. Now, we have not discussed our choices with each other prior nope. to this recording. Um, we have a list of 10 that I will publish in a blog post and you can go to our website at wecookbooks.com and check out the full list there. We'll narrow it down to the top five for this episode. Did we finalize, um, are these actually books that came out in 2022 Let me, from your choices? From my choices, yes, all of these came out. Mine as um, well. But I think in my top, 20? No, everything was from this year. Okay, good. Because um, yeah. I know there was some discussion about that because there have been occasions when we'll feature something. Like I think To Asia With Love came out a year or two prior. So there oh, might be it? some... You know what? Then, then no. Yeah, so there is... might be a few choices okay. that are on our list that were released prior to 2022, but we just got around to featuring them. Otherwise, like I guess we didn't really have too many criteria there was certainly a lot to pick from even you know coming out of a pandemic i think cookbooks and the selection that's being published has been like really diverse Mm -hmm. there's been a lot of them Mm -hmm. but you know so uh if you're into cookbooks like we are and like presumably you are as well you've got a lot to choose from so without further ado all right all right do you want to start or should i go ahead and start start with five yes so my fifth choice was uh, Salad Freak okay. by Jess Demuck. This book manages to make a potentially mundane topic like salads quite interesting and exciting. And it also expands on the definition of salad and encourages you, 
encourages the reader to eat seasonally, which I think everyone should definitely be doing anyways. And it didn't hurt that we loved everything from the book. Mm-hmm. So uh, number five, Salad Freak. All right. What'd you have for five? Uh, mine was Mescla by Ixta Belfridge. Nice. If the name sounds familiar, she is part of the Odolenghi Test Kitchen team, and this is her first solo book. It had flavors from Brazil, Italy, and Mexico, and some of the flavor combinations were really out there and mm-hmm. surprising and mm-hmm. delicious. And you know how like sometimes you'll eat something and you're like, eh, uh, you know, that tasted good. But like everything that we made from that book was just like, bam, like punch you in the face with flavor. And there was like a new, and I love when I can learn new techniques from books. And this one uh, we had made, okay, there are a couple standouts from this book. There was a mango salad with uh, an aged cheddar. Mm-hmm. I believe it called for an aged cheddar or like... Um, Manchego, I believe, right? M- or am I misremembering? It wasn't Manchego. What is the... Ch- pecorino? Pecorino. Okay. It called for either an aged cheddar or a pecorino. And then it also had um, jalapeno and lime. And it was such a melange of like sweet mm-hmm. and earthy and hot. And I loved it. Yeah. And then also there was another dish that we did from there that it was a charred red pepper sauce with omelet noodles. Yeah. And new technique. That was a new technique. What you do is you make a very, th- very, very thin omelet. And then you roll it up and you cut it into noodles. And we just had that the other night. We absolutely did. We revisited did. a classic. We did. So anytime like a book can do that where, you know, like you're like, let's make this again or mm-hmm. let's let's repurpose this and, you know, make it our own. It's a, it's a winner in my book. Well, that's a perfect segue because that was my number four. <laughs> uh, as you mentioned, a, a real cultural mashup of flavors, ingredients and techniques that yield surprisingly cohesive yet unexpected results. Like nothing really seemed out of place, even though like some of the flavor combinations were really surprising, but Mm -hmm. but yet everything worked. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like, didn't feel forced at all. Mm -mm. Most importantly, everything tasted excellent. Yep. So, uh, and that's a book that is going to be in our permanent collection that we've already revisited before. Um, What'd you have for your number four? This was a big sleeper hit for me, and I never, when this book arrived in the mail, I never expected to love it as much as I did. The Betty Crocker Cookbook. All right. Reissue, 13th edition. Uh, This one had 1,300 recipes. It's like a textbook. I feel confident that I could give this to a non-cook. Yeah. And they would be perfectly... Perfectly comfortable. And I do think you could use it as a textbook because it was packed with information. And if you have really bad dietary, like strict dietary restrictions, this is a good book because everything is labeled like dairy-free, gluten-free, vegetarian, vegan, quick. And most of the stuff in, you know, like a lot of the recipes in there were quick. And I feel like we have cracked that book open more since we've got it than any other book that we own you are correct go betty cracker and 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 it's also kind of a nostalgia thing like who doesn't remember i mean my mom had like three cookbooks Mm -hmm. 
and the Betty Crocker was one of them. But it was one of those ones that was like, it, was, it looked like a trapper keeper kind of. It was like the, you know, it had the... Was uh, it spiral bound? Yes. Yes. Um, but did she have Joy of Cooking too? I think she probably 1950s, did. 1950s, <laughs> yeah, some right. squirrel recipes in there. <laughs> but yeah, so it was kind of, it was nostalgic too. My favorite from that edition is the mule stew. So tasty. Wait, from what? what from Joy Cooking, 1959. Oh. Mule stew. Sure. With... um some squirrel skewers on the side okay they're delicious i'm sure <laughs> look at you trying to be all cute oh i'm, I'm being cute <laughs> if you say so it's just it's just lost on on you uh-huh i, I can't help it if you I, I can't explain comedy to you oh sure <laughs> whatever uh number three is that where we're on yes um mine was otk Shelf Love from the ah. folks at Odalangi Test Kitchen. So this one, I think, was released in 21, like late 21. I mm-hmm. think it was one of the first ones that we featured in 22. Mm-hmm. So this might be another one that just kind of slipped. We, we didn't get a chance to review it at the end of the year when it was released. But um, it's basically like an ode to pantry meals mm-hmm. and will make you more creative and confident in the kitchen. While enjoying some very good food. Um, and there, there was like several kind of books that were marketed to, or toward like pantry cooking and, and leftovers and, and rustle ups, as our British friends say. Yep. And this was this was like one of the better ones that we that we featured. Agreed. That was that. Uh, that book was actually my number six pick. OK. So just just missed. Nice. What would you have for your number three? Uh, number three was To Asia With Love by Hedy McKinnon. And that's another one that I think came out a year or two ago. And mm-hmm. we just were kind of late to the party, but we really enjoyed that book. And I have to say, I think one of the fav- one of my favorite things that we made all year came from this book. Yes, I know what you're going to say. It was the cold silken tofu with the roasted Brussels sprouts and black pepper sauce. And this was like another kind of new technique or ingredient because like we're... Our, only frame of reference for silken tofu is usually for making like mousses and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And uh, this calls for like keeping it cool, uh, keeping the block intact, and then you're just dumping all these ingredi- these hot ingredients on it. And the, the cold and the hot together, like, love it. Yeah. And love it's, it. And it's... That's a technique that's not often utilized in a lot of cooking where you're playing with different uh, temperature yeah. combinations. You know, it's it's more common for people to be playing around with like textures and stuff like that. But this was this was a, a good one where it actually combined like both hot and cold ingredients. Well, and this book was also it was kind of stuff that her mom made growing up or th- like um, and this is vegetarian, too. Yes. And so there was a. A dish from Xi'an famous foods that mm-hmm. she had. She didn't, I don't know if she ate it, but she was inspired by it. So she took that and kind of made a vegetarian version. So she took things that were close to her heart and kind of put a spin on them and made them her own. And if I recall, most of the recipes gave you alternatives for if you wanted to make it gluten-free mm-hmm. or vegan, if it weren't already. Mm-hmm. And some of the dishes already just happened to be those. So does that bring us to number two? Yes. This is this one I think is going to surprise you. 
for my number two pick. Okay. I don't know where it landed in yours, if if at all, but uh, Baking with Dory. Dory Greenspan. Okay. That was one that we featured like earlier in the year. Yes. I actually did a thing or two from it. Mm-hmm. You did some things from it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can trust that the recipes have been thoroughly researched and tested. Uh, all manner of desserts are represented and even a baker with limited skills, such as yours truly, can su- successfully navigate the book. And so I, I, I th- that was one that stuck out once I started looking back at what we featured and the dishes we made and what I really enjoyed. thought that was a great book. Okay. Yeah. What'd you have for your number two? My number two was Evergreen Kitchen okay. by Brie Bedwin. This book had a lot of like super easy dishes, but the flavor payoff was really big. And there were a couple. This was another book that taught me a new technique. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did we did the pulled mushroom sandwiches from there. Um, I had never thought to shred king trumpet mushrooms. And the and the result is a, a texture that's kind of similar to like pulled pork. Mm-hmm. Um, and also there was a miso brown butter pasta that was. Like when I look at the picture, I'm just like, oh, it was super silky and rich and delicious. And it was really simple. And also in in her book, she she educates you a lot on techniques. Like I've never seen a book that shows you how to supreme an orange. Right. Or, you know, there's like photos of the different cuts. And she talks about like flavor building and um, whatnot. So I... Really, really enjoyed this book. All right. Number one. I feel like we flew through that. I know, right? Uh, yeah. We, we've arrived at number one. Any guesses? I think you are going to choose one pot, one pan, one planet. No. I don't even know if that was in my one top pot, ten. pan, planet. Yeah. Uh, Wait, it, hold on. Let's see. Maybe it was dinner and one? No. I, th- I think it's going to surprise you. And it's one that you just mentioned. Uh Betty Crocker cookbook. Really? Yes. More than any book um, from last year, this was the one that we found ourselves reaching for when we needed guidance or inspiration for both our catering menus and our class menus. It's also an exhaustive uh, companion for any kitchen, I would say for both professionals and amateurs alike. This is the one book that I wouldn't hesitate to give as a gift mm-hmm. or take with me on a desert island. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with dessert island. <laughs> but dessert. that would be okay too. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, I just, I that was another one that it showed up in the mail. You're kind of like, oh yeah, Betty Crocker cookbook. We're all familiar with it. Uh-huh. Many of our parents probably had one in their in their collection. The fact that it's been revised and updated for current times mm-hmm. And, you know, they've the, the folks there at Betty Crocker Kitchen have like a whole team assigned to working on this book. And so you know that everything is going to be like thoroughly tested, well-researched. And the fact that it just has so many recipes. They have a killer recipe for a, for a chicken wild rice soup in there, people. I'm telling you. Yeah. And I mean, we've reached for this several times for when we're developing menus for some different projects that we have mm-hmm. going on. And and so, like, it's not an exaggeration when I say, like, this was the one that we just kept returning to. And I think that says a lot about just, you know, the, the contents within. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, it, it, it's, it's, it's a solid book. 
maybe one that uh, would surprise people that 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 I chose, but uh, that's my choice. Okay, I'm sticking with it. All right. Would you have for yours? Any guesses? Maybe one of the Odalangi ones. No. Nope. I don't know. What is it? Fabulous modern cookies. Oh yeah. By Chris I, Taylor and Paul I, Argan, which is funny because... And that was all you, so that wouldn't have shown up on my list. Yeah. But I know you really enjoyed that book. Because last year I chose uh, Cookies by Jess Sizik. Yep. I love this book. And the good thing about this book is they even say um, for most of the recipes, you can make gluten-free cookies by using the measure-for-measure flour. So there's no guessing. Mm-hmm. They have a cookie called... The, the thing that really, and this is like stupid on my part. The reason why I wanted to even do this book, but I didn't end up doing this cookie. They have a cookie called Blush and Bashful. Oh, a little reference to uh, what? Steel Magnolias? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, Shelby's Wedding Colors. It, it, and that cookie was like a version, a take on a black and white cookie. But I believe it had strawberry and rhubarb. Oh, there you go. Um Frostings. Maybe you can make that this spring when uh, rhubarb is in full absolutely. bloom. Absolutely, a lot of the flavors were really innovative. Uh, they had um, there were several. Uh, there were bar cookies, drops, rolled, slice and bake, filled sandwiches, piped and savory, and a lot of the savory ones were killer. I made these. Uh, they were called smoke show cheese coins, uh, and I remember we had them. We had a cocktail party, right? And I put them out, and those greedy guests people, people, devoured them. They did. They were going nuts over them. Yep. So, yeah, and I've, I've, you know, it's a book that I keep referencing back to. Between that and cookies, I'm just like, I've got all my cookie needs met. Yes. So there we go. Yeah. Good list. Yes. And uh, just uh, to recap. We'll have a top 10 on our blog, so you can check that out for for further choices. I think most of these books will also appear on our Amazon.com affiliate list. Uh, so if you're interested in purchasing them and you want to support what we're doing, that'd be a good place to start. What time are we at even? I feel like this was super short. It could be. <laughs> it's okay. We'll, we'll uh, make up for it on the next one. Short but sweet. A lot of, lot of content. There we go. A lot of, lot of info. <laughs> All right. The last thing we need to do is send our, our listeners off with a hilarious food joke. Okay. I got just the one. New year, new joke. Yep. So I, I cooked this steak for my friend and he said, uh, I like it. Well done. And I said, thanks. <laughs> that means a lot. <laughs> I already know. Did I kind of give the punchline away yeah. the way I said it? Yeah, it was it was it was nuance. But it was, go it was, ahead, keep going. No, keep I mean to, that's that's oh. the joke. It, thanks, that means a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I I was trying to figure out how I was gonna like deliver it in a way that was like subtle enough so you wouldn't give the punchline away, but then would make sense. Because if you're just like, I like it, well done, then it wouldn't make sense. I'm over explaining this. <laughs> 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 That's all I got. <laughs> I'll do better next time. Nice effort. You're, right. you're rusty in the joke department. Kind of. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta, you know, get those joke muscles going again. Wait, <laughs> that sounded weird. All right, thanks for listening, everyone. Have a fantastic week. Stay safe. Stay hungry. Bye. 